pleasure. Unfortunately, um, for whatever reason, Reverend has um, instructed me. Amen. And uh, as an obedient child of this house, I am just obey. Amen. So tell the person by you that uh, it looks like you're stuck with her. Oh, it's okay. Tell them. Tell the person it looks like you're stuck with her for a little while. Tell the person I have no idea when that will end. (laughs) Hallelujah. But I want us to thank God for Reverend. Amen. And put your hands together. I am honored and privileged. Amen. I am. Yesterday, I was. Yesterday, I think um, we had a very uh, reflective time. Amen. Yeah. And um, we are grateful. Not only for 22 years of marriage, but for me, it is 22 years of grace and mercy. Amen. And uh, 22 years of great exposure. Amen. And for me, it's 22 years of great encouragement. Amen. Uh, do you know that if I had married somebody else, I may not be a preacher? Yeah, I can tell you for a fact that if I had married somebody else, I would be a politician. Which in another way, also, I can say that if I had married somebody else, I would have grown up to be a great liar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because generally, averagely, you know, plus or minus, politicians are liars. <laughs> Yeah, have you have you started listening to uh, uh, was uh, Boris Johnson and Co? Yeah, they're lying to us. Yeah. That's why I'm not listening to them. I'll just go and vote. Yeah, they'll tell you what you want to hear. Yeah, then when they finish, they'll do what they want to do. Yeah, so yeah, if I had married somebody else, I could I I could have been a drunkard. Oh, you don't know. You can't even imagine it. Eh? I feel like I'm preaching to somebody right now who is about to make a choice. And I'm just, uh, you know, when we had our meeting, I just told you, we make the choices and then the choices make us. Do you get it? Yeah. So I made a choice and then the choice has made me. Oh, you don't get it? Yeah. So I'm really grateful. And um, because Reverend is somebody who knows how to absorb anything. You see, if you marry somebody who can't absorb, you know, challenge, you're in trouble. Or you don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't look at somebody in the times of peace and joy. No, no, no. That is not their strength. That's not where you know whether they are strong or not. Do you you understand? Yeah. Their strength is known in the days of adversity, challenge, setbacks. Then you know that this is a strong person. Oh, you, you don't get it. Yeah. You see, when you're walking, driving, flying with somebody in the place, like, oh, no problem. Then there's turbulence, and you see them shaking, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Especially when you are somebody who naturally is, uh, has a great, uh, um, you know. I, what? No, no, against, not you know, adverse reaction to, you know, 
challenge, you know, you always want everything to be in order. Yeah. How many of you are like that? You want everything uh, that tomorrow morning when I get up, I'll do this. And you expect it, you should be able to, I used to do that, you know, be able to take things done, things to do, take cross out. Then the ones you don't finish, you put it onto the next day, isn't it? Yeah, and then, you know, but life is not like that. Oh, you don't realize that? Yeah, life is not like that at all. So I'm grateful that, you know, I married somebody who, even if it goes black, he can still see light inside it complete darkness and he'll tell you that if you can't see trust me I've seen the light inside and um, God has been good so and I pray that as a church we appreciate it amen and never take it for granted yeah you can ask my children I don't take my husband for granted at all oh at all at all at all at all at all at all don't hate practice it amen <laughs> Reverend, if you're going to preach about something, can you just preach about it so that I'm preaching? Oh, you thought that what I'm saying is not part of the message? It's a very important part of the message. If I, it's the most important part of what I'm going to say today. So if you're waiting for scripture, this is biblical. <laughs> I, I'm preaching, my dear. I'm, I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Because this one is for the married and the married. Do, do you understand? So if you're married and you, and you can't see the strength in your husband or your wife, I, I'm just trying to remind you. Do, 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 you, do you understand? Yeah. Stop looking at their faults and what they are, and start dwelling on their strengths. Do, do, do you get it? The more you dwell on their strengths, the stronger they become. Amen. Yeah. You know, the reason why I can preach today is because Reverend said I can preach. And he has always, you know, gassed me up. Is that the right expression? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he can, sometimes when he gives the fans, I don't know if he's right or if he's wrong. You know, I, sometimes I don't know whether to soak it in or to that. Mm. You know, yeah. And um, there's nothing like having somebody who just supports you. And do, do, do you get it? Yeah. I mean, even if sometimes he's just saying it to encourage me, I'm encouraged anyway. I mean, just by. The, the, that, uh, yeah, 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 you know, you know, it's like, <laughs> some of the terms he uses, I can't even, um, it's a blessing. And um, as we are ending the year and we've been talking about leadership, I just felt that uh, we should continue. Amen. Because our leadership ability does not become in a day. Amen. Yeah. You, you become what you hear, isn't it? And the more you hear. Do you know that we have the kind of church we have because of the kind of things we hear? Oh, you don't know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the kind of life you have because of the kind of things you hear. Consistently. Do do, do you get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have the order in the church we have always because of what we hear. Do you understand? Yeah. Anywhere you go, there's chaos. It's just because of what they hear, what they see. Do you understand? And what is being done. So if we want to build great leaders, and I believe that God wants to build great leaders. Yeah, God wants to build great leaders. Yeah, for some of you, you don't know. Last Sunday, Daniel preached. Mr. D, he preached. I mean, he, pre- he preached. He, no, I, listen, it's not like he came to share a word of encouragement. No, 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 no. He preached. And then I... I almost felt that I don't need to be going to hall. 
Do, do, do you understand? It's like he, 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 he almost, not yet, brother. Um, he almost made me redundant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The people were clapping and receiving it. And you, oh. <laughs> yeah. So it means that we are really growing as leaders. Do, do, do you get it? And, and we are not just growing as leaders, but any opportunity God gives to us, we are going to take it. Do you understand? And if the opportunity is not being given to us, find it. Come and ask for it. Because that's how you build yourself up. Do, 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 do you get it? Oh, after I saw the people coming to him, Minister Daniel. They, oh, in fact. Uh, so, so, I think uh, this Sunday we have a uh, uh, what do you call it? Amplified. So the following Sunday, uh, he will be preaching. Amen. And I pray that when God gives you an opportunity also, you will take it. Do you understand? Yeah. Because he didn't just walk in there. You could see he prepared. Yeah. Ike, wasn't the message powerful? Was it not powerful? Yeah. Did you not receive anything? You did? Yeah. His message was what makes the difference. And what makes the difference is Christ. Ha! Wow. Yeah, he didn't come and talk about demons and. Um, <laughs> and he came to encourage the people why they can serve God and work for God. Nehemiah. So we are going to look at a few lessons from Nehemiah. Amen. We are going to try and glean some leadership tidbits from. Nehemiah, because Reverend has taken us through a few, isn't it? Yeah, and I just thought we'll continue on it because it's a very good thing and it's a very important thing, you know, because Reverend showed us a scripture and we realized that when the leaders and the noble ones and things are taken out, there's distraction. Do, do you get it? There's no progress. So, and, and, I, and my prayer is that we'll all see ourselves as people who have an ability to lead. Do you understand? Yeah, so that anytime the opportunity comes, we'll step to the mark. Do you understand? Won't be intimidated at all. And the reason why I think Nehemiah is a good example to also look at, and I pray that as the weeks are approaching, we'll look at a couple of like Nehemiah, Ezra, and then because they are also great leaders. Amen. Yeah, they are great leaders in the kingdom of God, and we want to be great leaders. You see, I tell a lot of people that don't take what you do in the house of God lightly because it is even out of it that your uh, career that will even prosper and progress. Do, 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 do you get it? Yeah. One day, Alfred gave a testimony on that, that camp writing, camp organization, camp solving problems, camp got him a job with the Ministry of Defense. Yeah, then last week his wife called me. Yeah, that all this coming to my office and being tormented, so this, all that, this, this, that, it's not good, take it back. Organize it, you didn't do it well, do it well. Didn't it? Got her a job in the Ministry of Defense. Don't joke with what you do in the house of God. Yeah. Don't go. Because sometimes you feel that at the end of the month, nobody's going to sign a check for you. What God equips you and prepares you for, no check can cover it. See, when you even look at a lot of the secular peoples that we, we look at, like Beyonce, Beyonce started singing in the choir. Do you know that? Yeah. Whitney Houston started singing in the choir. Most of them 
The only problem is that when we do well, instead of using that which we have been equipped with in the house of God, then we go and give it to Satan. Preach, pastor, preach. I'm preaching. And um, as we are coming to the end of the year and going to a new year, and our focus is on a thousand souls, our focus is on building the house of God, I pray that we will apply everything we are learning into the house of God. And um, a few reasons why we are going to look at Nehemiah. Let's read Nehemiah chapter 1. Maybe I'll read like four verses and then we'll take off. I'm reading from the NLT. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, sounds like a name, in the 20th year of King yeah, pronounce it. Attack. At. Okay. <laughs> so says Sandra. So when I was at the fortress of Susa, Han- Hanani, 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 one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. So I was at the fortress of Susa, and then my brothers came, and they were coming from Judah. And I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. And they said to me, things are not going well. For those who returned to the province of Judah, they are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Amen. Nehemiah's story and the backdrop of it gives us a certain sense that that which is very reflective of life today. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Of very similar circumstances. And so I have tried to do a bit of a comparison and a bit of uh, background setting so that we'll see that, okay, in the midst of this, Nehemiah led the people. And in the midst of life as we have it now, in the church, in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God, we also can do it. So my first thing is that the task or the mission that has to be accomplished is never easy. It is complicated. That's the first thing. It is never easy. So if you will only take a step, if you will only rise up, if it, you, it looks like I can do it, if it is doable, then you will never do. Do you understand? Yeah, because where real leadership is needed is because they think it's not easy. Do, 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 do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can just study, then if you can just pass, then you don't need to organize yourself, push yourself, do you understand? Stay up in the night. No, if it is just, you know, you can glance through and just go and do. No, no, no. The reality of it is that it's not easy. So we can shout and sing. Do you understand? CICC 1000. We can say get people, uh, grow people, keep people, whatever. We can sing, it's fantastic. It encourages us. 
But beyond that, we must acknowledge and accept that the task is not easy. Can I say it again? Yes, you see, for those of us who are in this room who always work in the house of God, what I'm saying resonates with you so much. Those who have been praying 12 hours for the last couple of weeks, your heart knows that it hasn't been easy. Sometimes when I see Pastor Sam and Auntie Sheila now, I feel sorry, and Eunice and Co, I feel sorry for them. Because I feel like they're sleepwalking. Yeah, you know, because by 2 a.m., 3 a.m., there's a sense of magic. True or false? Yeah. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> it is not easy. So we can shout 1,000 all we want. But if we don't come to the realization and acceptance that it, you know, like we say, we are having amplified service this Sunday. It means that some people, like Minister William, you know, Uncle Fred and things, it means Sunday they are going to make a movement. Hall, here, here, drive two, uh, an hour, an hour and a half, isn't it? Gather people. I'm going to get on Minister Sheila and Charity Names the case. Organize the, this, that. It is not easy. But you know that when people watch on Facebook, like, oh, we are so, when we come to the table, it's like, it was so powerful. It was powerful for you. For others, it was not easy. It was work. <laughs> it was not easy. It was not easy. Yeah, Reverend taught us this at the beginning of the year, and, last, and every time he tells us, listen, if you want to build a house, it will never be easy. If you want to buy a house, it will never be easy. It wasn't easy in 1964. It was not easy in 1992. And it is definitely not easy in 2019. And if you won't do it now, in 2026, you realize that it's not easy at all. You don't do it because it's easy. You do it because you are going to rise up to the challenge. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We are not going to build a church of thousands because it's no big deal. We are going to build it in spite of the fact that it's not easy. Do you get it? Number two. It involves, your leadership involves dealing with people. Full stop. <laughs> what am I talking about? When it says it involves dealing with people, you see, when we come to read Nehemiah and things, you realize that there were issues, there's, do you understand? even though there was a mission. Because why? Because people have feelings. Hmm. Yeah. People quarrel. Yeah. They, they want to do the task, but they may despise each other. And it was so in Nehemiah, and it is so today. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. People have feelings. So it means that we have to build a church of 1,000 in spite of people's feelings. Do you understand? In spite of quarrels, in spite of church quarrels, in spite of you know, whether we dislike or like people or even whether we like or dislike the task. Do you understand? Yeah, because if we are going to build a church of 2,000, you only do the task you like, won't build it. Do, 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 do you get it? Yeah, yeah. I, oh, as for me, if it comes to, um, Reverend, do you want me to give an announcement? 
I can give announcement. I, I, I know I can give announcement. Oh, what, you, you, what do you want to do? Make sure that everybody is wearing red. I, I can make sure that everybody is wearing red. Uh, evangelism. <laughs> yeah. Has Reverend checked the temp temperature lately? That he said we should go on evangelism. Yeah. I should go and visit somebody in this cold weather. I'll give them a phone call. I'll call. I'll send them text. Reverend, I'm not going to follow that person up again. Every time you go, you can see that they are in the house. They will never open the door for you. What? You are dealing with people. Do you know that people have left this church? Do you know why? Because the usher tapped them and said, please move to the front row. Move. Take, go and sit in the seat. And that was it. Not happy. I, you, you don't even believe that something like this is true. Just because seat one and seat two. She said, why? I have settled in my seat. My body has made a shape in the seat. Now you want to carry me and go and put me in another seat. Yeah. You are trying to embarrass me in front of people. You are dealing with people. If you can't appreciate that you are dealing with people, you won't make a good leader. Nema was, they were building as he was trying to solve issues. They didn't stop building because they were stopping it because they were had issues. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes we freeze because we get a challenge. Do you understand? Sometimes we are so much on fire. Maybe we are working for God. We are going the extra mile. Anything that's been done, you, it, it gets done. Do you understand? Then somebody pinches you, you know, and, or somebody bites you. You know, instead of trying to get some uh, perfume and spray the, this thing and keep going, then you go and sit down that, yeah. You won't go far. Because that is not the only bite you are going to have. That is not the only pinch you are going to have. Yeah, because all of us in this room, at least we can remember two or three times that people have annoyed us. So if people have annoyed us three times, then there's a probability that they'll annoy us another three times. Before the year ends. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Number three. There is always opposition from the inside and from the outside. And it's not just about the fact that there's opposition, but it's about the fact that the opposition affects your faithfulness and your commitment. There's opposition from the inside and opposition from the outside. So there's opposition from inside of you. you. Yeah, we are not doing this. We can't do this. We don't have to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't need to do this. And then there's opposition from outside. I want to allow you to do this. You cannot do this. Do you think you qualify? Do you think you are capable? Do you think you how long have you been a Christian? When did you get saved? Are you properly saved? How saved are you? It affects your commitment and your faithfulness. All of us need to every now and then measure our commitment and faithfulness to what we are doing. You realize that it will even be difficult to give yourself five over ten. 
Do you know that 5 over 10 is what's satisfactory, isn't it? 4 over 10 is failure. 4 over 10 is failure, isn't it? You can't pass. What grade is 4 over 10? 40%. What grade is that? Below average. Below average. Then 5 over 10 is average. So why is it that only in the house of God does below average and average appear excellent? We call average distinction. We admire people who are giving 40%, 50%, and we are like, wow. And yet, if that mark is given to us in our exam, if that mark is given to us as our grade at work, we won't like it. But in the house of God, it's okay. Yeah. In fact, you can easily hear that you are doing too much from opposition outside. Because if I'm doing 20 and you are doing 50, you are trying to expose me. I refuse that in Jesus' name. Come to my level. It's an amazing thing. And it makes it almost look so weird when somebody gives 60 or 70. If you give 80, then we know that it's either you are idle, you've lost your job. We bring, we give God leftovers. Forget about offering. Our very life, we give God leftovers. Our talent, we give God leftovers. And we don't understand why certain levels of victory does not come to us. We don't understand how we are not victorious when it comes to our faith. The reason why the kingdom of God as a body is weak is because of our level of commitment and the way we allow opposition to affect us. Those of you who are on social media and any church issue, when churches have issue, you go and open your mouth. I pray that you repent. I pray that you repent. Look at your level of service to God. How many souls have you encouraged, have you brought to to Christ? How many people have you led to Christ? How many people have you exposed to salvation? How many people have you shared the word of God? How many people have you had a burden with? Then you have the audacity to comment on others because you think they are not fully saved or you think the way they share the message of Christ is not like your way. What has your way brought who has your way touched? We don't allow unbelievers to do the work of Satan. We expose ourselves and let him ride us. We do it for them. Is it that maybe churches and people and things are not wrong? Of course, some mistakes are very obvious. Is it your place? Who are you? Listen, God will use whoever and whatever is available. If an unbeliever is available, God will use the unbeliever. Because the souls that are won are won for Christ. Whether the person after that backslides, whether the person after that, those souls are won. We don't say that these people, their salvation is not good because the person who brought them to salvation is not... uh, Correct. I'm preaching, Georgina. God bless you. No. 
You see, it's part of our leadership training that you rise above some of these things. Rise above it. Rise. If people are fake prophets, show us the real prophetic. Then you do what is right. If the word of God that is being taught is diluted, is wrong, is teach the right word. Study and know and then make a way and then share it. It's a case for Christians to make their full-time job to criticize pastors or churches or whatever. God has a way of dealing with his own. Next one. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I'm giving introduction. I'm not about to be here next week so that we can go into this Nehemiah life. Small, small, small. Listen. <laughs> it's introduction, Pastor. So I thought we'll, we'll go just run through the introduction, but I, I don't think we can run through the... I, I, I think that's it. I will take my time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Do you know that when we say a teacher is good, it's not particularly because the teacher has so much knowledge, but it's because the teacher has great impact on the student. So the teacher who is able to take a child who is ridiculous, this doesn't want to study, and turn that child around is the one we call a good teacher. It's not the one who has all the big, big words and the deep uh, understanding of the topic per se. (laughs) most of the teachers children remember is the teacher who made them cross over is the one who had an impact on them especially when they didn't deserve to for an impact to be had on them (laughs) I remember Kian's own were in South Africa this teacher he told Kian that he will become, he said Kian will become president. I mean, if somebody has that kind of confidence in you, you have no choice but to learn. <laughs> so he gave him some desire to always want to be first. Yes. And as parents, we couldn't see it because we knew the teacher didn't know what we knew. That he did. <laughs> Reverend said we should apply all the leadership things we're learning. So we are coming to a practical level. Do you understand? Yeah, we're coming to a practical level. That your leadership is affected by opposition. And sometimes you affect others' leadership by your opposition. By your opposition. And we bring it into the house of God. Yeah. That this one, it doesn't look smart. Or this one is too young. Or this one is too poor. That is why in the house of God, people almost get titles because they are wealthy. Number four. Nehemiah and the people had perseverance and were acting on faith. 
That is why they were fighting with one hand and they were building with one hand. They never stopped to build. Do you know? Do you get it? And they never stopped to fight. They fought and built. They fought and built. They had perseverance and acted and were acting on faith. If we are going to see 1,000 souls won in the house of God, we must persevere in spite of, in spite of, in spite of what we see, in spite of what we don't have, in spite of what goes wrong, in spite of whatever said, we must persevere. Anything that succeeds, it means that somebody is very, is, is persevering or uh, has uh, words. When you see a marriage working, people are persevering. It is not because they are smooth sailing. That one is a lie. Preach. That one is a lie. You see, when I started, I told you that I thank God for 22 years because of grace and mercy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because without grace and mercy, I don't know how Reverend would have survived with me. <laughs> but you persevere. See, those kind of statements that he used to make, uh, you, you can leave me, me, I'll never leave you. If we fight, it won't be me to be. You see, all those kind of things, they are, they are there too. It's like, if, if you misbehave, I'm pressing through. Those who finish their courses are those who persevere. It's not that the course was easy. Yeah. It's not that the course was easy. <laughs> yeah. Very soon, we have to call Pastor Sam and Francis and things, doctor, doctor. But we don't know Dr. Sam, uh, 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 Reverend Dr. Sam, whatever. The right Reverend Dr. <laughs> but what you don't know is that He's had to be sleepwalking. <laughs> sometimes now, Friday, sometimes I allow him to sleep. Sleep <laughs> through the first part of the prayer. I, I love. Last Friday, Reverend was, Reverend was like, ah, has Pastor Sam not come? I said, Reverend, please don't go into his door. <laughs> <laughs> He's protected. <laughs> if he does not persevere, he will stop. Yes, you know, for about a year and a bit, I've been toying with this whole uh, doctorate in theology. Pray for me, because my perseverance is very low. <laughs> don't know. Yeah. The, the, the university called me because I defied it last year. And then I told them I'm ready. Then I told them, hey. Without perseverance, you will never attain. The only reason why the, why the walls were rebuilt was because they persevered. In spite of this Sambaland, all the, they persevered. Family quarrels and issues, they persevered. Yeah. You want to raise good children, you have to persevere. I don't know what demon can enter the children when they get to 11, 12, 13, 14. Some spirit from somewhere. Stop, 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 stop. 
Hey! Spirit of no all. Spirit of I want to try all. Spirit of, you know, I can do it all by myself. Spirit. But as a parent, you have to persevere. That this demon will not rest in this house. And will not stay in you. Because in, in, in this part of the world, a lot of the children are just left to be swallowed up. To be swallowed up. And then the parents look on helpless. I don't know what to do. I don't. Yeah. Recently, I told my sister, just not too long, I said, listen, I'm giving you one more chance. Otherwise, I'm coming to take your son from you. And I will bring him back home. <laughs> Even though Phoebe had advised him uh, this year, summer, that she doesn't think it's a good idea to come to my mother. <laughs> I said, I told her, listen, one more chance. I will come and carry him. Yeah. And he will come back well. <laughs> I pray that we'll have the spirit of perseverance. I pray that as a church, we'll breakthrough. We will break through. We will jump over. We will go under. We will go round it. But we will get there anyway. Yeah. yeah. I am saying this to us because just like how some churches have reached a certain level and all kinds of things are said about them. Our turn is coming. You don't get to a thousand souls and nobody will talk about you. And nobody will despise you. And suddenly negative things will not rise up about you. But you have to have a certain spirit and a certain heart. Let me give us one more so that we'll go home. Then we'll start looking at the lessons next week. So it's, you have learned something or you haven't learned anything. It's a chat. I have to have conversation with you. Sometimes you just need to know what do I do? And then this is what you have to do. Okay? In the scripture, you know more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> ah, number five. We are not perfect, but we can still get the job done. We are not perfect, but we can still get the job done. Have you seen a certain kind of leadership mentality? We are not perfect, but we can still get the job done. Yeah. We are not complete in all things. Some of us, even mentally, we are not complete. <laughs> But we can still get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. That is why, you see, somebody will not understand why somebody has married somebody, the person can't cook, the person can't clean, but your marriage is working. <laughs> we are not perfect, but we can get the job done. Reverend has always been encouraging us that don't let your mistakes, your challenges, your personal struggles prevent you from serving God. Prevent you because you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be perfect. You need to have enough faith that God can use you and God will complete that which he has started. 
And you cannot perfect yourself. It is God who perfects us. It is God who qualifies us. In fact, the Bible describes our righteousness as filthy. Yeah. And it explains to us that the righteousness of Christ is imputed in us. If you are waiting to be perfect, you won't do go far. That is why those who say that, oh, when I get a fridge and I microwave, I'll marry. Oh. <laughs> when I get a house, then I'll marry. Choice. Choice. Yeah. Once I sort out these, my personal struggles, I'll serve God properly. Once I can sort out, you know, a job and this, I can focus on God. You will get a job and you will still not focus on God. Yeah. You will never have perfection. We take Christ's perfection and we walk in that. Yeah. And do you, how, do you know how you know it? You know it by when you look at yourself in the mirror, you realize that your body itself is not perfect. Or you haven't realized? The only perfect images we see of human beings are the ones that are drawn or the ones that are photoshopped. Yeah. When you see Kim Kardashian and her face is flawless, you have no clue how many layers of things have covered. If she washes her face and she just takes a picture, you won't recognize her. You won't recognize her. Yeah. Yeah. Man-made things are perfect. Man-made things are straight. God uses our imperfections. God uses our God uses our limitations. In fact, God God perfects the art of using our shortcomings. Because otherwise, someone like me should not be a preacher. Because when you're looking at a preacher, you're looking for people who are gracious, who are extremely loving. Nah, extremely. Because some of the things he wants to say, he needs that my crazy mindset to say it today. I'm going to leave you with the first lesson. Feel like, in fact, I will, I will, I will, I will stop because I want to ask a question. Leadership lessons from Nehema. to finish. So on the whole backdrop of all these things, we know that if Nehemiah could do it with, in spite of all these things, then it means that we can also do it. And Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 12 gives us the first thing which is the fact that it is God who puts 
the desire in our heart. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 2, the Bible says, I'm going to read from verse 11. So I arrived in Jerusalem three days later. I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. It is God who put put in your heart a desire for the church, a desire for people, a desire for souls, a desire for the things of God. It is God who puts it there. Desire comes from God. Desire comes from God. That is why desire also comes from Satan. Oh, you don't get what I'm saying? Desire comes from God. Desire comes from God. What does it mean? It means that you can pray for a desire. Do you understand? You can, if it's coming from God, and we can ask God for blessing, we can ask God for victory, isn't it? We can ask God for a wife. We can ask God for children. We can ask God for money. We can ask God for double-double. It means we can also ask God for a desire. We can ask God for a burden. Yeah. And the only reason why you'll be able to lead well is if that thing is heavy on your heart. Yeah. See, the desire that Beulah has for blessed of Father, I don't have it. Pazam, do you have it? I don't have it. Too. I can support fully. 100%. I, powerful. I haven't prayed for it. And it's not there. But if I want to go there, I can open my heart up for God to give me that desire. I believe that I have a strong desire for young people not to fall, not to fail. Yeah, I have it. So I feel like even if I have to swim into the uh, sea, and catch them out of, I will do it and drown, but I will do it nevertheless. Because it's a desire. Yeah, it's a desire. I have a stronger desire for you, for that, than I have a strong desire that you become a millionaire or billionaire. I want you to become a billionaire. It's not inside my heart. Do, Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't sleep praying for you that God make them a millionaire. I pray that Lord deliver them from evil. Deliver them from unreasonable people. Yeah. Deliver them from themselves. It's a desire. And since I asked for that, God just fills my heart with it more. So if you want to have a desire for the house of God, open your heart up. Because till God puts it there, you even do the work of God deceitfully. Memory, struggling, frustrated. Because it's not coming from the heart. 